When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to another edition of All Down Live right here on 104.9 The Horn. We like to call that freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it. Football, Ric Flair, woo! 5-1-2 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Yes, of course, we can call it a football Friday because we're talking plenty of NFL draft. We'll talk about the Texans. We'll talk about the Cowboys. We'll get into Bijan. I know y'all Cowboys fans out there was happy about that pick. We'll get into it and our overall thoughts about the NFL draft, the way everything went down. I'm looking at Will Levis right now on the TV. That was a sad, sad story. We'll get into it. All the stories, the sad ones and the happy ones about the NFL draft. Also, speaking of sad news, on the 40 Acres, uh, Longhorn basketball, they had so much good mojo going uh, well, all that came to a screeching halt today about 30 minutes ago. We'll discuss uh, Ron Holland decommitting from Texas basketball. Texas baseball, we'll get a little preview of Texas baseball from my man Harbaugh Harge about their weekend series. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. He is the Mike Harbaugh Harge, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, brother? What to do, what to do. I know a lot of people got a lot of things to say about everything, and I can't wait to get into it because it is a Friday, and people want to get stuff off their mind because we're going to be gone for a couple days. Oh, and that's all about it. Get it off your say chest. Say it with your chest. And I want to know it all. What's your <laughs> thoughts about the draft? Did your team win? Did your team lose? Just remember, 
It is early. There's a lot of time in between these picks, and let's take it easy. But let me talk about my man who was part of that draft of 20 years ago. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derek Johnson, who is part of Kansas City Chiefs, where the draft is part of. One said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babels. I appreciate that intro as always, even sweeter on a Friday. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know he's underpaid. Also, the owner of the unofficial mascot of the show, Lou. And a once, and maybe once again, Texans fan, Patrick Davis. What's going on, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You ready? I'm ready. What we got? I'm ready. What we got going on? I'm ready for all of it. Oh! He's back! I'm back. I'm back. We're back, Texans. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Oh, that is fantastic. That's great news. That made my day. That is. I was wondering. You know, I was like, all right, I'm going to give him time to digest it. Maybe he wants to watch the entire draft. No. Maybe the first round wasn't enough. Uh, First round was enough. Like I, yeah, I liked, I liked decisiveness. I liked the I like plan it. to not tank anymore. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, but if I was a fan of the draft last night, okay. No, uh, we'll, we'll get into a dive deep. Obviously, we'll start with Cowboys and okay. Which one do y'all want to start with, Cowboys and Texans? No, we got we got Patrick back. Let's start <laughs> with the Texans. Let's start with the Texans. Let's start right. with the Texans because they were the number two. Overall draft pick. Hey. This is where you wanted to be. Well, you actually wanted to be at number one. You wanted to be at number one. but I'm glad you got to bring that up. Yeah, you, but, but you <laughs> failed at number two. And it was tomato, tomato, right? It that, was like you were sitting there a, thinking about it. I like how you said there. Yeah. Failed. Failed. They, they failed. <laughs> to number failed two. To number two. Yes, Good job. Look, you like uh, that? According to Giannis, okay. they just took a step. There you go. They just took a step towards number two. Well, don't, according don't to, make, te- according yeah. to the Texans, yep. failure is a necessity. It is a necessity. So yes. uh, that the, 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 the epic failure uh-huh. that they had uh-huh. for the last few years, apparently that was necessary so that they could be bold. As Patrick love mentioned, it, and it. decisive, and make one of the guys. It's one of the gutsiest trades that we've seen in the NFL draft in a really, really long time uh-huh. uh, for the Texans to draft C.J. Stroud at number two, and then to trade back up at to number three, trade with the Arizona Cardinals to grab Will Anderson uh-huh. at number three. That was a bold move. Now. Yeah, uh, let's yeah you know, no. But before we talk about the cost of it, let's just talk about the trade. I don't need the cost. Talk about the cost of it, and then you know, it's like the cost of the meal, right? You're having a lot of fun to yeah, check exactly, comps. Exactly. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's loving it. More appetizers. Yeah. Yes, pull up more drinks, please. Oh yes, you're eating like a king and a queen. Check comes, and he's like, oh man, yep, yep. stomach. I'm a little full. <laughs> Ugh, man, I'm a little <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. All right. So we don't want to talk about the check coming. Let's go we'll get into that in a second. Let's talk about drafting C.J. Stroud at number two at first with all the uh, the uh, con- conjecture, all the rumor, speculation, obviously silly season leading up to this pick. 
Um, what were your thoughts about C.J. Stroud? You like C.J. Stroud hard. You're a big fan. I did. Did I you did. like him above Bryce Young? Was that your, Did you say that? I mean, like or I said, you, tomato, tomato. I would have okay, taken any one of them. Yeah, it's not I mean, a big deal. It's like, yes. Yeah, Heisman Trophy winner. Scarlett Johansson, Natalie Heisman Portman. runner-up. So, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. you're looking at it. Neither one, 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 one. Beyonce, Rihanna. Yeah, he was. He it went there twice. He yeah. went to the Heisman Trophy presentation twice. Okay. All right. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that, to me, as someone that's not a Texan fan, but I am quasi, I will watch the Texans. And just like you will watch the Cowboys, you like the Cowboys from afar. I like the Texans from afar. It's representing the state. They're in different conferences. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll rock with them. I didn't like the tanking. I thought they had an opportunity – when they had Deshaun Watson, obviously everything went crazy, which is why Patrick kind of left. He was he he didn't like what was happening in the very uh, front office, so he was like, "Man, I'm kind of away from." Him. All right, I get it. Now you got a chance to come back home. You got a chance to regroup. And to your point, now you're looking like you really want to play some football. You brought in a brand new coach. You are aggressive at the top of the draft, and you made some moves that. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think Lance Zerline predicted that they would do this. No, uh, uh, Darren Jeremiah is the one. Daniel get, Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. the one. That's he the did. one. Yeah, he predicted. I knew it was one of those yeah. guys that were saying that, hey, I, I yeah. think they're going to trade up. He hit three in the top ten, like just hit him on the mind. I think Bijan, he hit maybe. Maybe yep, it was yep. Bijan. And he hit, yeah, he hit basically – Texans with but he did four because everybody got Bryce Young. Yep, everybody then got he, Bryce Young. He, right, he got the trade right. Yep, he sure I don't know it. how the hell he did it, but he, that was his last mock draft. That was like that one was, of his mock yeah, drafts. Yeah. His last mock draft right yep. before the draft, like 24 hours before it, it had the Texans making that exact trade. And so I loved give, it. Yeah, that, and, and he was the only one who still had them on C.J. Stroud yes. when everybody else had thought, oh, man, there's no way they're picking. They may take a quarterback, but they're not taking C.J. Stroud. He was the only one who stuck with, yes, they're still doing that. I think Mel Kuyper maybe still, mm-hmm. and his last oh, one was like, right about that. Uh, was like, all right, wait, look, they just have to do this. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what the Texans did was you don't know, and I know everybody keeps saying, hey, man, well, if they would have waited, and then next year you could do – there is no guarantees. No, thank There's you. no guarantees that you are ever going to be in this position again where you have the ability to not only get a guy at two that you really that you do like, and even though everybody said everything else, every GM will tell you, dude, that's that's all BS. Yep. Like that was all put out there. I think some of that might have been put out there by the Texans and the Texans knowing they told CJ Stroud, hey, we're gonna take you at number two, but we need people to think that you're gonna be available at three. And we need people to think that you're going to be here because we're trying to throw it off because we also may want to trade up to get three. And so we need there to be a level of ambiguity in what our pick's going to be because if someone trades up to get Will Anderson at three, then we can't take him at three. So we kind of got to think that we're going to take him at two. And there's all this ambiguity that they may have been pushing out. We don't know. Mental what gymnastics going on. But I feel like it's, it's but a you knew what theory. you had. You knew you had a pick again next year. But you don't know. That pick next year, you could have you could have an okay season. You can have an okay season. You can beat the Titans twice and the Colts twice next season. And that's four wins right there. You win three other games. You have a seven-win season. And yep. now you're middle of pick in the draft. The Cleveland goes on and has a good pick. Now you got a, a 50, You got pick eight or pick 12 and pick 27. Now you're not sitting in that place where you're even close to getting Caleb Williams. You're not sitting in a place where you can do anything just because you got some wins because D'Amico Ryans was a good coach. You had a better system. You've been trying to build up some guys. You do all that, and you don't know where you're at. So I don't. I like the concept that they said, look, we know where we're at right now. We have picks. We have leverage. They still have 10 more picks in this draft. Mm-hmm. 
It's not like they gave up a lot. They have 10 more picks in this draft, which means if they want to trade back up in the second round, they, they easily can. I think they got 11 in next year's draft still. Too. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> I get the they trade. had to give up one of their first. Yeah. They went with the theory of let's try and make it so that pick isn't as good next year. Let's try and give let's try and give Arizona a bad pick next year and try and win. I love that they were aggressive and had a game plan because that is what's been lacking for so many years at, at Houston has been the well let's see what happens tomorrow and then we'll you know maybe we'll get lucky and a guy falls to us. And you go no the, when the guys fall to you is when you're the Eagles and you ha- you can draft on best player available because you have all your positions filled. You don't have that luxury. You can't start Davis Mills again for another season. You can't go out and put no star players. You now have two guys you can put on billboards around the city. You have two guys to try and sell season tickets with. I love that they went up and were decisive and went for it. And now with 10 more picks in this draft, it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to you know, give up a couple of those later picks or you just trying to play the lottery and say, man, maybe we'll get a few guys. If we hit on five, if we hit on our two first-round picks and half of the rest of our picks, that's seven players for our team in one draft, which is huge. The price that was paid, the uh, Cardinals got the 12th pick. They swapped basically the 12th pick and the third pick with the Texans. Uh, but then the Texans gave up that second-round pick, which is the 33rd pick, so really close to being a first-round pick. Uh, and then they gave up a first in 2024. So there are some people that basically would say they gave up close to three first-round picks, including the swap, and what they got in return was a first-round pick. They also got uh, they also gave up a third in 2024. The Texans did get in return a fourth of the 105th pick. So it and the sort of obviously there's been a question as to whether the Texans may have given up too much, right? Whether they gave up too much. I I will point out, and I got this from. Um, well, if you go look at the uh, pro, pro, pro Football Focus, they do have their uh, like their value charts for the draft, the Jimmy Johnson chart. Yeah, uh, the and there are all these different, basically uh, kind of copies of the Jimmy Johnson draft value chart. But it's famous for being able to recognize and project draft slot the slotted value of every pick. Uh, if the Texans finish in the top ten next year, which they will not. But that's just throwing it out there hypothetically. Uh, if they finish in the top ten, let's say that guy Patrick said, you're trying to give the Cardinals a you know a bad pick, right? Because yep, yep. you're gonna play you're gonna play really well. It's not gonna be a really high pick. Uh, the Jimmy Johnson draft value chart um, has the value at one 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 hundred uh, basically one hundred eighty three point seven percent. The football perspective uh, chart for that move up. Um, is around, I think, 149%. Basically, the difference is equal to either the 13th overall pick on the Jimmy Johnson draft chart and the third overall pick on the football perspective chart. You did give up a lot. You You gave up a lot. Uh, This is what I'll say, though, in terms of giving up a lot, because I actually like the move, too, so I'm not criticizing the move. I'm just giving you the facts. That's what I do. I give the facts. All right? Uh, We're coming at it from a fact-based perspective here. Yes, the Texans paid a huge amount to do what they did, and you could make a very valid point um, and a very very valid argument against the trade they made, that in their situation that it was – it's not necessarily the best way to maximize the value because the Texans, they have so many deficiencies. The, the NFL draft is essentially a lottery, right? I always say it's a lottery. To win the lottery, you got to buy a lottery ticket. Uh, the more tickets you buy, higher chance to win. Um, more lottery tickets. So they gave up a lot of their lottery capital, their draft capital. The price they paid to me was the price you have to pay for incompetence and dysfunction. Right. You, you, they're, they're operating at a huge deficit. 
because they've had so many different blunders on top of blunders, right, without any positive traction. The Jack used to be fi- Bill O'Brien fiasco, the Jack used to be fiasco, the Deshaun Watson fiasco. And all of this, not all necessarily their fault, but most of it is their fault. Right? You brought Jack used to be in and let him infect the entire culture of that to, of the organization, right? You mean um, trying to make it the Patriots? No, trying to make it the Chick-fil-A of the NFL, trying to make it a faith-based organization. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they did with Jack used to be when he yeah, came yeah, in, remember? Yeah, yeah, they wanted yeah, to be right, the Chick-fil-A right. league. Well, your nuggets don't taste that damn good. And the only thing you got in common with Chick-fil-A is that you were closed on Sunday for a while too <laughs> alright so you couldn't do that they couldn't be the Patriots of the South they tried that Nick Casario's here is a part of that but the Bill O'Brien experiment that is done the Deshaun Watson thing listen you, when you basically evaluate a player you gotta evaluate the player and the person yep. and it, listen to Atlanta the, the Atlanta Falcons when they talk about Bijan they, they keep talking about him as a person they, they really haven't mentioned him as a player that much That's right. talk about him more as a person you recruit the person or you draft the person and the player they didn't do enough research about the person all right, they yep. ain't doing. They ain't doing enough of their due diligence about the person. They knew the player was a beast. He was a dog, but they didn't know that the person eh, had some questionable character issues. Right. But I digress. Right. So all of he was the, supposed to be the Michael Jordan of the of the NFL, talking Mike, about his coach. It, right. Exactly. About, that's what that's what Dabo told. I us. remember that. Yeah. I remember that. He was exactly. Supposed to be the Michael Jordan. And it, it, he, he made, did his off the field stuff. Like <laughs> 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 I said, I, 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 we don't know that as much about Jay. Exactly. They might throw it out there, but yeah, but you have to pay the price for that, right? You got to pay the price for that, and the price to be paid for you to transform from being the fuster cluck of a franchise and the dumpster fire of a franchise uh, into being a competitive NFL franchise is they need to kind of reverse this process. Um, desperate times call for desperate measures. Yep. I mean, and this is what desperation looks like. I love the move, by the way. So do I. Because like I said, when you sometimes, you know, you hit rock bottom, maybe that's the only way you can Love it, but is that that's transformative? Yeah, you, you now your team and you go, man. Now, now we're good because we got we got one cornerback. I mean, they're just gonna throw it to the other side of the field the rest of the game. But but we got our one guy. Like I, I get it, but there's it doesn't. It's not a golden ticket that you're automatically getting a game changing star. No. If you, in your evaluation, you had Will Anderson as the best pass rusher, and you had C.J. Stroud either as one or one A or one B or wherever you had him in that one group, right? You have him up as that guy, and you're able to get two guys of that nature that you feel very good about. And again, Casario is a good judge of talent. He is. I think D'Amico Ryan's, I think CJ Stroud will work well in what they're going to try and do in this offense. All of those things, if you're able to do that, I love that way more than well, let's hope next year's draft that everyone enters into the draft. People don't stay another season. People don't get hurt. People don't have a bad season because right now people are saying Drake May could be the guy, but we don't know. We saw Sam Howell. He was Sam Howell was the guy at North Carolina, and then the next season was a Not second, third guy. round pick. Not right? the guy. <laughs> and so you never know. It's it's really silly to sit and go. No, we're just going to go for Caleb Williams, and then you win four games. You don't get Caleb Williams. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 with you. The risk is rewarded right now. You go out and you get the best available quarterback, and you get the best available defensive end. I mean, edge rusher, whatever you wanted to do, because we understand your job is to get to the quarterback and have a good quarterback. You've already locked up the the, the left tackle for him. Mm-hmm. He's dialed into you. You had a good draft last year. You got players that came in and had immediate impact. You're in a good spot. You brought in a coach that you do not want to see fail. You don't want to see D'Amico Ryans fail. 
So why not go ahead and go and get the guys that are there? You brought up a great point, Patrick. Everybody's waiting for Caleb Williams, and I, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be the number one draft pick, but that does not guarantee that you were going to get him as well. Then you look at everybody else that is in the draft. C.J. Stroud's numbers I will put up against anybody. I will put them up against anybody and the way that he's gone about it. Do you want to keep bringing up the cognitive? It's not even a – yeah, the S2 cognitive test? Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. The kid's going to go out there and play football. Some guys are just good at football, and some guys don't like to take tests. That's just the way it goes. But go out there and play football. And I heard Colonel Craig Flowers talking about this today. Mm-hmm. Some guys you got to teach in the classroom type of situation. Some guys you got to walk out and walk them out on the field to show them what to do, and then everything happens. And some guys you got to do both. So as a coach, you need to figure out what the situation is for your quarterback and what's going to make him a better quarterback. I have no problems with what the uh, Texans did last week. And here's the other part. They might be able to work out a trade for next year too. They may be able to no, work some they, trades and make some things happen no, they going could. into they got, it. They, got yeah. lot, they still got plenty of draft capital. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, they, like I said, they – they they got a lot of draft capital in the Deshaun Watson deal, and this is how they chose to spend exactly. it. I got no problem with Pocket what watch. they did. Um, I thought, considering how deep they are, um, at, at kind of deep in the hole, if you will, mm-hmm. and this franchise for a while was downward spiraling until – you know, I, I think getting Nick Casario was a big move, and then the D'Amico Ryan's hire was a was a really positive move. And now I like these two moves as well. But it is possible that they pay too much, but it's okay. Like I said, a price has to be paid. You had to pay that price at one time. You can't be yeah, keeping. Yeah. You can't make decisions like you've made as a franchise, mistake after mistake after mistake, and not expect to pay the price for it. And, I mean, and- they've been the most incompetent inept franchise in the NFL the last five years. Y'all realize that? Yep. yep. I mean, talk about gross imbecility. You're talking about uh, decisions that no other no other professional franchise would make, and you're making bad decisions that way. You got to pay the price for that. Yeah, you do. And, And, I mean, and throw in the fact that, you know, even if Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud both don't work out, even if they both don't, then you go, okay, we just got to start trying to rebuild, start building up our franchise again and go again. But at least you've made a move as instead of just delaying this push. So you go, we're just going to delay it for five years. And then if that doesn't work, because there is still no guarantee, hmm. then we're then we're going to have to reset. But now it's 10 years until we maybe yep. get – like yep. you have to take shots in the NFL. Yeah, you, you have to go for it. And if you don't, then you will never get anywhere close. And for some reason, people would rather just be like, no, as long as you're always the worst – then at least we get draft picks and we can be happy for three months. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, man, you have I get you may get in the middle, you may you can try and reset plenty of ways if it doesn't work out, but you have to take the shot. And I love the fact that they actually finally D'Amico Ryans came in and said, No, 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 I didn't come here to tank. I didn't come here to lose again. I want Will Anderson and I think we need a quarterback. So let's go get both. It was a good move. Yeah. It was a good move. Like, I'm down I, with it. I, I think I'm down uh, with it. everybody was excited about it. Yeah, the Texans actually, that was the move of the draft, and everybody was surprised and shocked mm-hmm. by it, except for Daniel Jeremiah. Except for Daniel Jeremiah. That. So when it started yeah. happening, I was like, this is going to work. And this I always look at his work. mock draft the rest of the time. Like, are you, <laughs> do you know something? Yeah, he might have been dialed in on that thing for sure. Uh, Texas says, <laughs> I love this one. He said, Patrick definitely missed his ex. 
Yeah, bring yeah, him yeah, back. Yeah, he bring should. That's his team. That's perfect, bro. Uh, let's talk about the Cowboys uh, really quickly and what they did in the draft because this was a little surprising for some on the other end. Um, I've done some research on Mozzie Smith, and we'll dive a little bit deeper into it, of course, uh, his impact and how the Cowboys want to use him. But, man, the Cowboys, as I've said on this show many times, since 2011, no team has drafted better than the Cowboys in the first round. They've drafted – they're tied with the 49ers for the most all-pros drafted since 2010 and since 2014. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's even if you don't like it, it's hard to argue with with the Cowboys record – in the first round, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. No doubt about it. Give them the benefit of the doubt. As I said before, and we talked about this a while back, when Will Clay is over there, Will McClay is over there making picks, you got to kind of trust it. You, you can sit there and fight it, and you think you know more. Y'all, that's not the guy I would have went for. Well, you're not sitting in that room, and the picks that he has, he's hit on, they have been very, very frequent. I mean, not frequent. They've been very Often, and I believe in what he did. Was I shocked by it? If you go to the Horn page, you would see that I was shocked by it because (laughs) here we are. They were doing this special. It looked like they were trying to tell us that they were about to get Michael Mayer. They was about to get the tight end. They were just they were on the they were the whole camera was on him, depending on what station you was watching. Everybody was showing his highlight. This is the pick because. Everybody was brainwashed by the Cowboys and what they normally do in these situations because everybody's draft, mock draft, had either him or Dalton Kincaid going to the Cowboys. They were like, oh, he's going to fall right to him. They're going to fall right to him. Then all of a sudden you sit there and you look and you're like, they decided to go elsewhere. Yeah, and especially when Buffalo trades up for the pick before them exactly. to take Kincaid because they think the Cowboys are going tight end. Exactly. And they don't think that he's going to be there after the Cowboys. So they do that. So you go, well, they're definitely going tight end. If the Bills know they're going tight end, they're going tight end. Exactly. And they did not. And they did not go tight end. And this is, you know, if, and you listen to Mike, Mc, not Mike McCarthy, but you listen to Dan Quinn's excitement with the pick. You hear Micah Parsons mm-hmm elsewhere talking about this is the guy that I wanted. I thought this was important. And, Rod, I'm going to give you credit because you kept talking about this the entire season with the Cowboys. They had to get run support. They mm-hmm. had to they had to get someone to stop the run. They were going outside of their draft to go and get someone. They missed on Tristan Hill, obviously. They got mm-hmm. rid of him. But now they're taking a chance on this kid from Michigan. You got a chance to go and look at him. You saw the videos of how strong he was. I heard E. Hogan talking about Bruce Feldman's article in The Athletic, talking about the biggest freak in the draft. So you sit there and you look at all this stuff, and you're like, well, maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention to what Michigan was doing. We were too busy looking on the offensive side of the ball. We were never really looking at the Mm. interior side of the ball on the Cowboys. And I said that. I said, for me, Cowboys either going to go offensive tackle or defensive tackle. Somebody interior for the Cowboys. Either side, I was going to be fine with. So I'm fine with this. And again, Will McClay has shown to be proven enough mm-hmm. with his draft grades that you got to believe in the guy. In Will, we trust. So let's go from there. And he's on the side of the ball where Dan Quinn is going to use him. 
It's hard to argue with Dan Quinn's record recently of being able to weaponize and maximize talent. It seems like every player since Dan Quinn's gotten there has improved as a player. No doubt about it. gotten better. Everybody's playing their best football. They're getting contracts. And they're keeping them around. Like Donovan Wilson, Lane Vanderesh, and, you know, J. Ron Kurz, like guys who've never played great, like high level football around, considered one of the best at their position. That's why they're here. The man knows what he's doing. Of course, Michael Parsons. Hell, I can coach Michael Parsons, though. Yeah. Uh, He's easy to coach. But I will (laughs) tell you this the disappointing part for me was when the pick was getting ready to happen. And I wasn't. I told y'all from the very beginning. I didn't want the tight end. They're going to get a tight end today. Mm-hmm. They'll get a tight end oh, in this running, part. Of their, tight end, running back. I yeah. think they'll go for it. In the yeah, second yeah. Round. I, I think, think that the rumor it. is that they're yeah. really, really high on Sam Laporta out of yep, uh, Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, and he's like ranked fourth or fifth in tight end. So I think they're they're figuring like, hey man, we can wait and get our guy yep. that we have a really high grade on I a totally little bit agree. later. Yeah, I totally agree. That's where I'm at. But I sit here and I look at it now, and I'm like, okay, as a Cowboy fan, and what is expected. I was thinking that they were going to go get Nolan Smith. I thought Nolan Smith, the yep. where he was, I was like, "This is the pick for us. This is this." I was I thinking him or Joey Porter Jr. Actually, yeah. Joey Porter yeah. Jr. Yeah. We I had Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, that's I who both, I had though. Those two, because the Cowboys in the first. I mean, if you go yes. look at it, since 2011, the Cowboys basically tend to pick cornerback and edge rusher more than any other position. Yes. When you look at yes. their kind of. The, if you look at their th- their top, when they have a top 100 pick, like look at their top 100 picks, those are the two positions they lean on more oftentimes than not. And, yeah, the D-tackle is yeah, it's on a lower end. Uh, so around 19.4% of the time since 2011, Cowboys top 100 picks, cornerback, uh, 16.7% of the time it's been an edge rusher. So I thought, oh, for sure, definitely going to yep. be one of those yep. those picks. And, and especially because of the, not- freak, the freak that he is, Nolan Smith. That gives you a chance to move Micah Parsons around the way and you the Cowboys like to. freaks. Maybe like, Mozzie Smith is a freak is too. Is a freak. Yeah, they they like freaks. And you're right. I thought Nolan Smith or Joey Porter Jr. They decided no. They wanted to feel that. And it's we'll get in, we'll get deeper into this and get into some of the X's and O's of it because in the four o'clock we'll play some of the sound and audio yeah. of the, uh, the the selection and Jerry Jones talking to uh, Mozzie Smith and the reaction by Micah Parsons, which was classic. Yeah, by the way. yeah it was. Um, but yeah, man, the, I I thought it was they wanted to feel. A specific void, and I've talked about the plunger on this very yep, on these yes very airways yes about how every team needs one, and they decided to prioritize theirs. Yep, um, they got like, industrial. Yeah, they really did. No, they got yeah, they got the really expensive plunger. That's yeah. right. Like, who, who goes to Lowe's and Home Depot and gets the really expensive plunger? The Cowboys just did. Thank you. Uh, so I'll get into that and break it down. But I think they they saw that last year their one weakness on defense that they really couldn't fix with a just. I don't know with with a specific player or scheme wise sh- uh, uh, adjustment would be the run game. They, really? they they got that was a one weakness against the Cowboys all year. And we'll we'll dive into that in the four o'clock because I think the, I think it was a smart pick. Now the the more I research it, I like the yeah. Pick. And like I said, it's Will McClay. Will McClay. Will McClay is basically there's some actors that if they come out with, with Tom Hanks because of the movie Denzel Leonardo DiCaprio. You're gonna you watch know, it. I'm a, they automatically Equalizer 3 is coming out. I'm, oh I'm trying to – I can't it, wait. They automatically have credibility <laughs> built up with right. me as a consumer uh, that yes. – I don't know. They, they don't make bad movies. And if they do, I'd be shocked and surprised, and I'd still go back. No doubt. Because that would be an outlier for them. Yeah, because right. you're going to miss something. Yeah, exactly. I've missed something. That's the Cowboys in the first round. Yep. They've been that good. All right, we come back. We'll get into – uh, I was trying to avoid this news. Everybody's feeling so good. All right, bad news. Things Te- change fast. Yes, uh, bad news for Texas basketball. We'll discuss it on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful night,
tripled all of his exes over the last decade. And he keeps on catching that girl fit home from the one who stayed. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick plays jams from local bands and artists. Very talented people who that uh, you actually have a chance to catch right here in the live music capital of the world. That is Austin, Texas. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Jomo and the Possum Posse. They're playing tonight at Sagebrush. If anybody has seen Guy on a Buffalo on YouTube, these are the guys from Guy on a Buffalo. Their songs are a little bit more comedic. Oh. Country man, but this song is called "Familiar Faces" at the Adult Video Store. Oh, that, that's, the, that's the whole name They're of it. F- f- it's called <laughs> "Familiar Faces," but the, it's "Familiar Faces" at the Adult Video Store. Uh, oh, wow, I like that. <laughs> right, what's the name again? Jomo and the Possum Posse. Say that five times fast. You'll probably <laughs> yeah. get yourself yeah. in trouble. You might get in trouble. Jomo and the Possum. Posse? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm wow. Cool. I'm not yeah. going to with just the go check out my man Jomo. Yeah, yeah. I, will, yeah. I will definitely be if you never looked up, <laughs> If you never looked up Guy on a Buffalo on YouTube, look up Guy on a Buffalo on YouTube, huh? and they do that, and it's hilarious. There you go. Appreciate that one. Jomo and the Possum Posse. Yeah, there you wow. go. You, you tempting. You, you, yeah, you tempting it, bro. You tempting it. Bro. Now I like to say it. Yeah. I, I, oh, that's what I'm saying. You are tempting it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I gave you shut up. Patrick got that dump button ready to go. Messed that one up. It's, yeah. it's Friday, too. It I don't need to mess Don't do that. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Uh, we all be walking up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, for Texas basketball, you had good news and bad news. Yes, you did. Uh, well, maybe it's great news and bad news. I was like great news and bad news because let's start with the great news. Okay, let's do uh, it. Texas basketball via the transfer portal. They did sign Max Abmus. Acemus. Acemus. Yep. Oh, yep. sorry about that. Um, so it is spelled Abmus, but it's oh. it pronounced Acemus. Oh, there you go. I appreciate because I think he's German, Ace. if I'm not mistaken. I think there's some German. Talk, I, it I heard, may be. I, I heard. Chad, I'm not Chad, but I heard Jeff Howe talking about it. I, I know that yeah. I, when I went back and I've watched game film of his and I've done and looked into it. It's it's Acemus is how it's pronounced. So oh, it's spelled A B M A S. It is pronounced as Acemus though. There you go. Because so, you're going to need to know it this season. Even the phonetic spelling would be weird on that one. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hey, exactly. don't look nothing yeah. like that. No, yeah. but I'll tell you this. You're going to need to know it this season because yeah. his name is going to get called a lot. Uh, yeah, because apparently, I mean, this guy can <laughs> – he's a bucket. Yeah, he is. He is just a bucket. He uh, he led the Summit League in points three different times the four years he's played there and in points per game and in points produced. And he actually has – that was that stretch in March Madness, so not just against – Summit League competition. Correct. He had a stretch in March Madness, guys, where he scored 80 points and averaged damn near 27 points per game in that stretch. First player since Steph Curry in 08 to score at least 25 points in each of the first three rounds of the NCAA tournament. A yep. bucket. Yeah, he averages 20.8 points his career. Like that that's getting to where you need to be. So are we talking about an upgrade over Marcus Carr scoring? And, and I will tell you, he also – is known to play D. There you go. So, so yes. So yes, upgrade that's upgrade over Marcus Carr's a score. Yeah. So he now the question is, can he do that in a Power Five conference? That's what I'm saying. Like, so yeah. that's the question. Doing the tournament there, but because Marcus Carr in Minnesota, which is Power Five, was doing was putting up major numbers, but he was more of a bulk scorer mm, yep. at Minnesota, but a really good scorer. And at Texas, when you add in other pieces, now he's going to be playing with a guy like Dylan DeSue, which is not a guy he's played with before. And possibly so, Tyrese Hunter. Possibly Tyrese Hunter. So yeah. there will be other Ooh, options. So it is going to be yeah. a little different. But the entire package of what he brings, passing-wise, defensively, 
and the fact that you know you can go to him at the end of a game if you need some buckets, and that's a guy who is a bucket, it's it's a huge addition and one of those ones you really needed to see. You needed that big guard to come in. And so that – and the fact that that came in five minutes before the Texans made two picks last night. They <laughs> were like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, you're right. That's some good news right there, especially if you are a Texan slash Texas fan like my man Patrick is now. Yep. He came back yes. last night after that great run, uh, first round by the Texans. Uh, so this is great news, gentlemen. Texas, they do get there. Well, we'll see about Tyrese Hunter, uh, but they do get them a, a guy in the backcourt now that can, you know, he can light it up if, yeah. if need be. Uh, all right, so that was the good news. That's great news. Sorry, that's the great news. There you go. Uh, the bad news is that today it was reported by Hudson Standish uh, and 247 Sports that Ron Holland, the five-star forward, uh, was decommitting. Uh, opening up his commitment, I think, is, is probably well, he opening the remember because Softening blow. Because, be, right, he's Texas is still in it. Yes, he's still that Texas so is favorite in it. He's opening up his commitment. Here's, yes. a, here's a statement. I want to take this time to thank head coach RT and the entire Texas coaching staff for their consideration. I would also like to thank the Longhorn Nation for all of their love and support. While this has been a difficult process, I have decided to decommit. He does use that word. From the University of Texas and reopen my recruitment. Texas uh, will still be one of my top schools of choice. So, well, here's the deal he's got a he requ- jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price go to blue and experience the convenience of shopping blue nile the original online jeweler since 1999 that's blue to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion BlueNile.com. Requested to get released from his national letter of intent because he did sign. He had already signed his letter of intent, so now he not only decommitted, he had to go through the NCAA and the University of Texas to ask for his release from his national letter of intent. Mm. So there's a lot of layers that are ending up having to go through it. You got to see the NCAA is going to be like, okay, cool. Whatever, because oh, yeah. they, they, they don't, don't care about litigation. They're <laughs> like, yeah. just, we just don't, don't sue us. Don't sue us. Just don't sue us, though. <laughs> you get whatever you want. Oh, my neck. My back. My neck. My back. I'm going to get up out of here. Us. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so they backed it off, and now uh, he still says that Texas is is one of the, his favorite schools, but you know as well as I do when you see things like this and – Maybe the bag wasn't heavy enough. There might be some things that end up coming out that we – hopefully he comes back. Hopefully he comes back because everybody's thinking that this is Coach RT's situation. Look, man, they had two people in that class. Two. That's it. There wasn't a big recruiting class. So when you get a kid like A.J. Johnson who already wanted to go pro, you know, he wanted to do that. You, you felt that. I wasn't worried about it. And, again, this is that off time. Again, this is the off time to where I'm sitting here looking at it and saying, you still have time to make this all work. There's guys in the transfer portal. There's other guys that you can go after that may end up making a difference on this team. May not. I don't know. But let's not panic and let's not beat up RT right now. Because people, you know as well as I do, Mm. oh, see there, that's what happened. Oh, they shouldn't have gave it to RT. They trying to give a feel-good story, and he can't keep recruits. <laughs> Man, we're in a day and age, yeah. and I said this before. Recruits are just that. Until they get on campus, you are not secure. You are not 
even in that realm of possibility because people can change their mind. You talked about it before when Arterio Morris went home. Everybody was in his man. They ain't use you right, man. You need to get in there. Come on over to Grandpa's house or Uncle Uncle Ron's house and let me tell you, man. I got I got this homeboy that uh, used to the, coach at the other place that he been <laughs> telling me that you'd be a starter over there. For, for the record, I didn't here too. For the record, I didn't do that voice. Oh yeah, that's not your that voice. That's not your voice. I think it's hard to shady Uncle voice. That was the shady uncle voice. Yeah, yeah. For the record, you're correct. That was not you. But no, I I, I agree with a lot of what you said, especially, you know, I I hate to go immediately to this, but I do think that it just could be about renegotiating the contract. Yeah, exactly. It's just that simple. It's like, hey, man, I I know I agreed to come here for this much, but another another team or program might have offered something a little bit more For or sure. maybe in hope that somebody on the team you know has said hey man you know I'm getting this much like oh you're getting how much hold up man let me yeah it, it, this, and I, it, the signing of yeah in the NIL world what's his name Aximus what is Aspis Aspis sorry yeah that that does Asmus. happen there's there's talk about kind of renegotiating those NIL yeah. deals and, and let's not forget this is a kid who when he went to Texas was probably where they went, he has a potential to possibly be a lottery pick in a year, maybe, but probably a first rounder. And now he's projected in pretty much everyone's picks as a top five pick, if not higher. So we think he's going to like Australian league no, or something I, like that. No, too? he would go G League most likely. G he would stay league. here, but it, he may go to another school. But it, it changes your recruitment when you go. Hey, man, we agreed on a lot of things when I was a probably two-year project but maybe if it was one year maybe i could make it if i played really hard i could make it in the the back end of lottery and now i'm being looked at as one of the best three to two to three players in college basketball this year and my phone is ringing off the hook from people that aren't calling me to tell me mm-hmm. that hey just let you know i got a check with two million dollars with your name on it in kentucky now is that real maybe maybe not mm-hmm. but you know that I think there's people that are calling him. I think G League's probably reached out to him. Yep. I think there's people that have reached out to say, hey, look, we, you need to rethink what you're doing. We're not saying do anything. Mm-hmm. We're saying rethink what you're doing and let us give you a pitch. And we can't pitch you if you have a national letter of intent. So we need you to get out of that, and then we can talk. Yeah. And so I think he's done the first part, and now that he's done that, he can have actual conversations yep. again. Rodney's going to have to go try and recruit him again. The big the B, BMDs are going to have to go after Holler him again. Hey, BMDs! <laughs> hey, I'll tell you this. Hey, you ain't paying Arch Manning. Go get Ron Holland. Yeah, take that because, Arch Manning Because if we're talking about a top five pick for Texas basketball, that is a huge thing for a program. No matter who your coach is, no matter who else, a top five pick in the NBA draft is a big thing for a college basketball program because yep. it helps you recruit on and on down the line. So if you can, if you can, reach in your pockets. and uh, Like the and church, <laughs> try to help with the building fund. We're going to pass around a plate for Rod Holland, everybody. Uh, yeah, I don't think Texas needs the building fund. They, they, <laughs> yeah, they, they, print, they got a printing press over there. They get printing money over there. So, no, it's a good, a good point. I do think they need to, yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be about, an obs- if he's considered to be a top five pick, if he's getting that kind of projections, it's going to be an obscenely capacious bag you got to drop off. And uh, for the text who said, what, if he goes man. to Ole Miss? Then I'll, I'll eat my hat. He ain't going to Ole Miss. He is uh, he is going to a better or a bigger name college program if he goes to their if college he goes program. To college, yeah. yeah, he is he again a top five pick in this year and next year's NBA yep. draft, and that is what has changed. That changes money, that changes playing time, that changes everything. And with Texas, I, I'm I'm sure he talked to Dylan Mitchell. We've already seen Dylan Mitchell post on his Instagram 
that he decommit that Ron Holland decommitted, and so they he may be hoping that Ron Holland comes back, and maybe yep. that helps out. But that's all. There's only one basketball on the court. Yep. So there's there's so many things that go into it. He's been told to, I'm sure, to reopen his recruitment because those guys cannot talk to him until he does. No, nope. they can't on the books have recruiting meetings until he is decommitted. So I think that's what has happened. He's going to go talk to them. Rodney T said that it's he's still a favorite as Texas. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that this news is is a blip on the radar for a great career for Ron Holland. Yeah, I like I said I think it's just a renegotiation. Just yep. I'm hoping you lay it out. Too. Hey, lay out the plate, man. <laughs> Pass uh, it right. around. We come back. We got the flex on the other side. Uh, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one four nine the horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday. That's my man. Uh, Patrick plays jams from local bands and artists. Very talented human beings that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Empty Trail, and they're playing tonight at Come and Take It Live. Oh, I know what that is. It's a nice spot. I'd recommend it. Uh, so we had some fun out there. It's one of our first kind of field trips. It, yeah, was, it was our first field trip Was it the together. first field trip? Yeah, that was our first field trip nice, together. Good memories out there. Yep. Uh, also, some good memories for the Flex, FLXATX.com, FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Go check it out for yourself. Hopefully, I don't know about tonight, but maybe maybe tonight. Maybe. Might have a couple of Flex products mm-hmm. end up getting drafted tonight because uh, Central Texas We been- definitely think that. Right, we, we definitely think that. Well, yeah. we hope so. Yeah. Uh, we definitely, it's definitely been represented more uh, the, the the flex area, Central Texas, in yeah. the last few drafts, um, and hopefully that is the case coming up tonight. We'll talk some more draft coming up next segment in the uh, four o'clock. We'll get into uh, the Cowboys because we talked about the Texans because the Texans were actually the biggest story of the draft. Yes, they were. Strangely enough, and uh, also shout out to all the folks out at Pluckers. The all the pluckers, by the way, because they were fantastic. You were at the Link location. I was at the Link location for a while doing Ball Don't Lie, and then went to the South Lamar location. So shout out to all the folks out there, man. They were great. Uh, shout out to Jackie because she was uh, basically she ran the dance. She's basically the, she's the GM of of the, of, of the draft for us because she she yeah. kind of ran the show. Shout um, out to Isaac it, and ours because he yeah. was running things. Yeah, over there. got yep. everybody signed up, got everything organized. So appreciate her efforts and appreciate all the fans who came out, man. We had a lot of fun. It and, was uh, fun. We, it was great to share our uh, the, the joy and the disappointment <laughs> together. Oh, and shout out to my man Elijah, uh, and Julian, Ivan, Mike. Uh, they actually got a lot of the picks too. Yep, I love it. <laughs> I will say we got seven, and I will say that group got two of them. Yeah, my, um, I, so they we had one group. Good. They had the entire table get every one of theirs. They were spread out throughout the uh, evening, but they got they had three guys at their table. All three of those guys got their pick correct. Doing homework. And they were like this. They were, uh, everybody was rocking with it. And I kept, if you ain't sipping, you is tripping. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. No, I did. I did. I really enjoyed uh, the passion that people had. You people come up and they'd be like, hey, man, who'd they pick for, for, for the Vikings? I'd be like, oh, yeah. they picked this. And, oh, man, that's a terrible pick. Exactly. You should change this. I was like, I can't change their pick, person. I can't yeah, do that. Yep, that's yep, like, that's hey, not hey, who I am. Hey, we, can't, we can't do that. That's not who I am. You got to come here a little bit early. So shout out to 
everybody, man. It was really yeah, we fun. Yeah, we had some people there wearing jerseys that were not thrilled with the actual picks in the draft. Oh, we yeah, had a ton of those. Yeah, we had a lot of that. We had a lot of that. And then uh, we had one guy that was a Falcons fan who was very excited. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, he should have been. Shout out to my reason. man Chris, too. Chris came up to me. He was wearing his Philadelphia uh, hat and, and jersey. Oh, he walked man. up to me. You saw him when he walked up to me the first mm-hmm. time. You were like, uh oh. Oh, yeah. How's this going to go? Well, he was real cool throughout the night, mm-hmm. and I had to give him a little shout-out because what they did in the draft, and I hate it for Cowboy fans and everybody in the NFC East because what they did was get more Georgia Bulldogs on that defense. The Philly Dogs. Like, that's exactly what they are. They're Remember the how they dogs. used to call Detroit Longhorns and the Seattle Longhorns because mm-hmm. they kept getting uh, – yep. uh, Horns, long mm-hmm. horns on there. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what Philadelphia's defense is doing right now. Man, they had four players from that Georgia, that historically good Georgia defense, yeah. and they might have got the four best players. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank no, you. it is. It's but Howie Roseman. I mean, yeah. he's. We keep talking about how good he is. He's damn good, man. He gets. He shows you that each year. But to go to the Super Bowl and then win the draft, well, win the first round of yep. the draft, possibly. Yep. Uh, that's a hell of an accomplishment. All right, we come back. We'll talk about all the accomplishments of all the players who were drafted, uh, especially the ones who were drafted by the Cowboys, the Texans, and of course one Bijan Robinson. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. One or four down the horn.